Win now with Stealing Signs. We help you dominate any fantasy baseball league by giving you the information your opponents don't want you to have. So sharpen your pencils, get ready to take some notes, and let's get going. Well, welcome, winners. I'm happy to be spending a little time with you. I'm alongside the magnificent pseudo-scout, Justin. Justin, how are you this afternoon? Always excellent when I'm on the podcast. (laughs) Well, that's good. That's good. Now, you've probably figured out, Justin and I know that in Dynasty and Redraft Leagues, knowing your prospects is a key to you consistently hanging championship banners, whether they're virtual banners or real banners or whatever you hang up, dirty socks, I don't know what your league does, but the idea is is that understanding where to find that talent, it's often underpriced, and if you know it and you understand it and you know how to find the talent you need, you're going to consistently win more than your competitors. Now, given that, um, we want to make sure that you really, truly understand this. And today, on this first episode of the miniseries, we're going to go into de- in depth on the 2080 scale, the scouting reports used by Major League Scouts across the globe to project the potential future skill set of a prospect. Now, uh, again, you have to have the grit and determination to put the work in on this. But if you do, and you do put the work in on it, it will pay off for you. Now, Justin and I have spent many years of our lives investing our own time, effort, and energy to learn this. No one, no one put out a podcast asking us mm-hmm. how we're going to do this, but that's how much we want you to win is we're going to share this information with you. So, Sudo, are you ready? Always, yes. Now, let's talk about the 2080 scale. Justin, what exactly is the 2080 scale? We hear this a lot. What are they talking about? So, uh, maybe consider it a report card on the player's five tools, if we're talking about a position guy. Um, So report card being a numerical value um, between 20 and 80, um, where a 20 would be not major league um, sustainable. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, consider that your F, whereas your A plus, that is your 80. That's a Hall of Fame talent. Um, You know, and so these these scouts that are going out to uh, see a position player, um, they're going to give a ranking uh, between 20 and 80 uh, for the player's hit tool, their power, their speed, their arm, and their defense fielding. Um, many times you see it in whole intervals of uh, tens, like mm-hmm. 20, 30, mm-hmm. 40, 60, 80. Sometimes you'll see a five put in there like a 65 right. um, or sometimes just a single digit, you know, mm-hmm. it's a four, six. Um, but the concept is, it is all there. Yeah. So it's either a two or a 20 and sometimes Correct. you might see a 25. Um, although they're probably not going to be a 25 because it's, that's just going to be such a poor tool, but Correct. to your point about a 50 or 55, maybe a little more um, information about what that scout thinks. 50 being the average, uh, as I mentioned, uh, 20 being, you know, just not sustainable. Think of like Yadier Molina's speed, you know, like that's, he's about as fast as us. <laughs> yeah, right. So yeah. I've, I, I've seen uh, 20 is considered poor and that, yeah. you know, less than 1% of players in the MLB have a, have a grade of 20 on any of their tools. Correct. Um, 30 is well below average. You're talking about 2% of the major leagues, right? Uh, 40 is below average. You're seeing, you know, somewhere 13, 14, 15% of the major leaguers might have a skill 
in a 40 range. Average 50, that's where you're seeing about 65, 70%. You know, 60 would be a, you know, considered a plus. So better than average. Again, you're now you're starting to see, you know, 13 to 15% on the other side. This is becoming a more rare skill. 70 is also called plus plus if you hear a plus plus. Yeah. Right? 2% and then 80 top end. This is again, you're seeing, you know, less than 1% of the players have this skill level uh, on an 80. So an 80 is is pretty rare. Correct. Yes. Yeah, that's the pinnacle. Um and you know what? Uh, Pitchers, they'll be getting this as well. Um, you know, would, uh, can't really assess a pitcher um, from the uh, like same five tools as a position player. So many pitchers with their three pitch repertoire, you know, fastball, curveball, changeup. Um, you know, scouts will give the uh, twenty to eighty scale on each of their pitches that they throw, mm-hmm. um, and then they'll also throw in the command as um, mm-hmm. something that they'll be grading as well. Uh, command, not to be confused with control. Those are two different things. Oh, what's the difference for a pitcher, the difference between command and control? So, uh, yeah, that's an excellent question. Um, so control is the ability to throw a strike. Mm-hmm. Now, command is the ability to pinpoint that pitch. So now... Um, uh, an excellent example of control would be like Josh Hader. Okay. You watch him pitch, he's throwing strikes, but that catcher's mitt, you see the catcher position where he wants that ball, mm-hmm. but he's moving that glove all over the place to catch the ball. Hader's throwing strikes because he's able to control those pitches, but mm-hmm. the pitch is not hitting this unmoved glove. You know, so when you think of like that pinpoint, Command, think like Zach Granke. You know, okay. he's throwing that ball exactly where he wants that thing. You know, so that's that's the difference. Beautiful. Um, Thank you, know. you. Those are good examples. Yeah. So just as a review, the hit tool is the uh, measuring the player's ability to hit for average. Power measures power, typically home run power, right? Or or Correct. at least extra base power. Speed measures the speed of player of a player. Defense measures the defensive ability. An arm measures the arm strength. This is for your your offensive players, your fielders. And then in pitching, you talked about the different repertoire of pitches and command and control. Is there anything else we're missing? Correct. Uh, Also, to build on the power, you'll see um, game power, and then Mm -hmm. you'll also see raw power. Uh, Raw power. uh, Raw power is batting practice. Okay, so so you're you're getting a, a. Batting practice pitch, you could put that over the fence, but correct, yes. And then game power, can you actually harness that kind of power when someone's throwing you a slider? Can you harness that power when you know it's it's not a you know a, a cookie right down the middle of the plate at seventy five from you know the pitching coach? You know, <laughs> right. so yeah, it's a uh, it that's the big difference there. So batting practice is what you see at the All-Star game, the home run derby. That's, you know, you're t- the pitcher is trying to put it over the plate. Uh, but in game in a game situation, that pitcher is trying to get you out. So, you know, they're, they're not ne- nearly going to see. Uh, you're not likely to see that as a player at the plate, uh, as a hitter at the plate. Oftentimes I've heard it as, you know, we haven't seen it in games yet. Or 
um, we, we expect game power to be there, or there, it's expected that, that this power should show up in games. And that's ways you can hear about it as you're doing your research, right? Is that accurate? Yeah. Yes. Now, is there a possibility that these grades will change over time? Oh, yeah, of course. Um, you know, you'll, you'll always have players exceeding uh, expectations or, you know, not being what they were projected to be. For instance, I mean, look at Byron Buxton, you know, even outside of injury uh, issues that he's had. I mean, he was projected to be what, a 70 hitter? You know, I mean, that's like a, that's a 300 bat. That's a 300 mm-hmm. hitter. And um, gosh, I mean, he's, you look at his... Uh, contact rate in the zone i mean it, it just very much averaged like low 80 percent um you know and that's why you're seeing a 260 here you know mm-hmm. so things can um regress and things can also get a little bit better um you look at what uh trent grisham's doing right now um you know he's he's got some really really nice exit velocity on that bat and um, he wasn't quite expected to have that when he was originally drafted by the Brewers. You know, they were thinking maybe he would be a, uh, you know, high teens kind of uh, home runs. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, now it looks like he could be pushing the high 20s over a 60 game or 162 game season. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, they, some players, they're, they're people, you know, they can, uh, they can get better and they can get worse. Right, right. And, and, and kind of speaking of that, do different scouts see different things? I mean, I've always wondered if, if one scout, if you and I go and we watch a game and you grade a player at 50 speed and I grade a player at 60 speed, um, you know, is, does that happen? Or typically are we just out there with our stopwatches and we both look at each other and say, oh, yeah, that's 50? Yeah, I think, um, you know, bringing up the point with like stopwatches, um, you know, from home to first, there is there are parameters from that kind of time to to give mm-hmm. it a you know to give it a, a speed um same with a fastball you know mm-hmm. like a um a 94 mile an hour fastball it, it's going to be a 60 you mm-hmm. know pretty much everybody's going to be going to be in line with that um possibly the hit tool you know mm-hmm. some people are going to be uh, recognized well, shoot, it's probably also the quality of the scout. Can they mm-hmm. recognize the, uh, the mid-swing um, adjustments that a, that a batter is, uh, is making? But, so what you're saying is that, yeah, there is some variability there. There could be some variability. And there's also some kind of norms, right? So if you're a or left-handed hitter and you can get to first base in a particular amount of time, we're typically going to see that the same. Uh, but, you know, someone's arm... It's maybe a little harder to say, oh, yeah, okay, that's a 70 or a 60 or that's a 65 or a 55 or, you know, that, that there may be some variability. You know, so a lot of that, we might also kind of be dipping into projections, you know, like when it comes to mm-hmm. different scouts, um, you know, what exactly are they seeing? I remember talking to uh, one scout um, when I saw Trevor Bauer when he was in college. Mm-hmm. and. Um, Bowery really wasn't uh, totally filled out yet, and um, I actually questioned how, what kind of an inning eater he was going to be able to be. Mm-hmm. You know, he, I thought that his frame looked rather slight, and um, Scout told me, it's kind of funny because I'm talking to another grown man about this, 
And uh, he goes, no, look at his butt. He goes, he's got a, he's got a big butt. He's going to add some weight on that thing. He's going to, there's power in there. You know, and now I'm yeah, yep. checking out a uh, 22-year-old's ass. You know, and that's, <laughs> that's what it was. So Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Yeah, so the, that's an interesting thing, right? So uh, that scout has had some experience in looking at projectability, and that's going to go into the score that that scout puts on the, the um, scouting review. So um, understanding that these are human beings that are making these scouting reports and that you have to understand that it's not – it's not a spreadsheet that just calculates automatically. This is someone's interpretation, projection, and being around the game. So you need to be aware of that. Now, uh, it kind of leads me to the next thing is, well, you know, where can I find these reports and how do I use them? There's no database that you can go to and you can find scouts' reports. These, these scouts inevitably work for major league teams. Major league teams own those scouting reports. Those are, this isn't something that you know is freely put out on the internet. It's really hard to get a hold of these reports. And oftentimes, information flows just like what Justin was talking about, what you were talking about, in terms of sitting next to another scout and just having a, a beer and a hot dog and talking about the game. Uh, most scouts you know, do seem to have a lot of fun in terms of talking about the game. They love it just like we do. Um, but I, I, I do see them talked about in publications. I do see um, you know reports, and I do see terms thrown around in terms of, oh, this is a 60, you know, this, this hit tool is at a 60 or a 65. So where can I find that where that information is coming from? So Justin, I, you know, where do you get your information? I'll share a little about where I get my information so that our listeners can really understand, you know, how to get their hands on this information. All right. Well, uh, now I'm seeing the real reason we're having this episode here being competing teams in a dynasty league. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're, the, we're doing it for the listeners, right? So, All right. So this is just how much I appreciate our listeners here. So, <laughs> Oh, gosh. All right. So close to your ears here, Tim. But um, I like StatCast. Um, StatCast is really going to be giving me the exit velocity, um, give me an understanding of the uh, a lot of the metrics that are going to help me really understand a, a particularly a positional player's hitting abilities. I mean, gosh, you see these scouting grades all over the place, whether it's Baseball America or um, MLB.com. Um, yep. You just kind of look at their uh, prospect rankings, and you know you're going to see the grading on the. Uh, for the five tools and uh, the, the pitcher's um, repertoire and their commands. I think nowadays, I think people really understand how um, advanced metrics and scouting has really become a, a norm for uh, mm -hmm. baseball fans. Fans are becoming more savvy and we get a kick out of this kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, and so um, that's kind of what makes this a great episode for. Someone who's, um, you know, they see that kind of stuff, but maybe just brush past it and uh, just read the um, uh, overall player profile. You right, know, so right. now, um, you know, they hear this and maybe take a glance at it and have a better understanding on what all of this could translate to. Yeah, I well, I like baseball prospectus. I like uh, the baseball forecaster. That's Ron Chandler's baseball forecaster. Uh, baseball America, I think from a prospect perspective, I find that that um, you know, typically they have they seem to have the most 
accurate information about prospects. Um, they, they don't typically fall in love with a prospect like some of these other pu- publications. Uh, I love Baseball America. I mean, they, they're like the end-all be-all to me. Yeah, you got to be at least at 10, 12 sources of information. You just can't be going on one or two if you want to be successful. I mean, I know there's the there's the guy or gal who will roll into the draft and have their you know magazine they purchased at the supermarket on the way in and they draft out of the magazine and they maybe they get a good team. They 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 draft a good team. But if you want to consistently be successful, you've got to look at a number of different publications, sources, websites. Um, and put this information together uh, for yourself yeah. so that you can actually you know, put for, start to formulate your own picture. And I think the more sources you get, the more you're able to kind of move out or eliminate some of this subjectivity. I mean, all of us don't live in Arizona like you do. Um, mm-hmm. And when baseball is being played, that you could actually go see uh, these players on the developmental fields and and you know, kind of make up your own uh, mind. And really some great college baseball as well. Yeah. Um, but I would suggest that you know if if you're dedicated and committed, you could do it. Get to spring training. I I love going to spring training in Phoenix because I can see two games a day for four or five days and get a ton of baseball. And typically, I would go um, in the second, uh, going into the third week of March. Uh, definitely want to, sometime around St. Patty's Day because that's when you'll get you know the most uh, the most star talent on the field. Along with the prospects, and they're yes. you're, they're seeing the pitchers are starting to come along, and those you'll be able to see those prospects how they're hitting. Yeah, um, build on that. You have the uh, back practice fields behind a bunch of those spring training complexes. Mm-hmm. Um, you can see some uh, interest squad games with some of the younger kids. You know, going to um, instructional leagues, going to the Arizona Rookie League. Um, I mean, the Arizona Fall League. Uh, do you put a lot into the anecdotal information in the uh, the makeup information? Oh, this kid's you know got a good work ethic, or they they, they got their you know they're a smart kid and they put it together. Or how do you how do you deal with that type of stuff that that is even more subjective that has you know doesn't even have a number or grade to it? That's an excellent question because I think that. Um, when I first started really getting into this, um, into this kind of perspective, reading scouting reports, and then going to uh, you see a player play, and then, gosh, over the years, you see them evolve or devolve. At first, I really didn't give the makeup thing much attention because I think, well, talent wins out. Mm-hmm. I think the makeup thing cannot be underestimated. I mean, if you've got you've got one of these kids that are just like a student of the game, works very hard, um, very humble. Uh, scouts and uh, uh, teammates really rave about him. It's really going to make those skills play up. You know, you look at uh, you look like a David Eckstein, mm-hmm. all right, with the Cardinals. Um, I absolutely love David Eckstein. Growing up in St. Louis, going to those Cardinal uh, games with you know prime years Albert Pujols and Scott Rowland and Jim Edmonds. Eckstein's a shortstop, and uh, I mean this in the nicest way to him. He was the, he was probably the most least or the least um, talented major leaguer I've ever watched as a whole. <laughs> he wasn't fast. He did not have the strongest arm. He wasn't hitting for power. 
He's not winning batting titles, Mm -hmm. but the guy was a two-time all-star. Watched interviews with him. Uh, You listen to his teammates and his coaches talk about him, and uh, you read stuff about uh, the way he would practice out in the rain by himself when he was in in college in Florida, and it's David Eckstein. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's, that's how it was, whereas you read those things about... Francisco Mejia, mm-hmm. you know, I thought he was going to be, I seriously thought he was going to be the new Yadier Molina. Uh, you know, you read things where it's like, well, he doesn't really, didn't really seem to take to catching. Like he doesn't want to, yep. Yep. you know, and yep. now look at him, you know, now it's like, yeah. oh shit, busted prospect. That sucks. Right. Yeah. I mean, this makeup stuff, I mean, those are fairly polarizing examples there, but they are specific examples of to justify what you're what you're explaining. I also pay attention to players that um, this is going to be funny coming from me, but struggle with their weight in terms of taking nutrition seriously. You cannot compete in this game if you if you don't. And you know, for every you know panda that's out there, oh, yeah. uh, you know, there's there's a uh, hundred of busted prospects that just you know really don't have. I guess again the same level of commitment or ability to keep the weight off and stay at prime playing shape i think also something that i want to bring up to our listeners is that development doesn't happen in a linear fashion um you know it happens oftentimes in spurts player that we think should be developing in game power you know and it's just not developing and they're in they're in double a they're seeing more advanced pitching I think with pitchers, it's a little different because I think pitchers are working on certain pitches and you have to even go even deeper. If they're pitching in double A, they may be working on a curveball and throwing curveballs at a time when the hitter knows a curveball is coming and gets rocked. But so you have to be a little more careful, I think, with the outcomes at the uh, for pitching. But with hitters, one of the things that I look for, and I'll, I'll check uh, baseball prospectus, we'll have uh, the daily MLB minor league games and they'll have some some write-ups on certain things if you start to see a player that should have in-game power but hasn't been showing it but you start to see the doubles go up and you start to see maybe a couple of extra balls going over the fence what you're starting to see potentially is a player figuring it out so then i go and look at my sources to find out i'm looking in baseball prospectus or if i'm looking at mlb.com or i'm trying to find out what a scout's saying about this or going to the team website um, office, fan sites even, they'll start to talk about you know what this player's doing and you start to hear things like it's starting to show up. The player's made a step forward. I think that's important. And especially in a league where you're in a deep dynasty league, there may be a player that you've got your eyes on that another owner has in your dynasty league and you're starting to see this improvement happen. And what you want to do is you want to make a trade for that player before that other owner realizes that what the promise that they're not seeing yet, and maybe they're getting a little frustrated, is about to become real. And there's that moment where you can get that player at a low market value uh, before that player gets uh, gets to be uh, much more highly valued. So you just have to really pay attention and you have to watch. You know, you also want to uh, sell high on those guys where you know that they're not a uh, hot streak of theirs is- not legit. For instance, Kyle Lewis is fake. <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this is not happening. On a page of his, trying to find his launch angle, uh, last I looked, it was under 10, it was under 10 degrees. Like, mm-hmm. how he was hitting this ball out, I'm like, what? no. And 
his uh his hard hit contact was like under 40%. It's actually under 35%. Like mm-hmm. no. <laughs> Here we go. Um Kyle Lewis's launch angle for 2020, it's 7 degrees. Exit velocity under 90 miles an hour. Hard hit contact 33%. Look, like I really hope everybody sold high on Kyle Lewis because he's healthy right now. Came out like gangbusters, and uh, look, I, I hope Kyle Lewis wins Rookie of the Year and MVP this year. Like on a human level, good for him. But fantasy perspective, sell high. That's great. That's news you can use, and it's a good teaser for our next episode, which we'll be talking about launch angle and exit velocity. And just for Kyle Lewis, what what type of launch angle and exit velocity are you looking for? You don't have to go into why, but just what are you looking for in a player? Pretty simple. Um, I, I want the launch angle to be at least 10 degrees. Mm-hmm. And I don't want the exit velocity under 90. Got it. Got it. So that's uh, we'll, we'll leave it at that and we'll come back in the next episode and we'll talk about Launch angle and exit velocity. I think those are really two terms that a lot of people are hearing about. And uh, Justin, hopefully you can break down the science for us and and, underst- and help us understand how best to use this. But this has been fun. I know that you uh, hung out in the studio before you and your uh, beautiful partner are going to head out and uh, go over to uh, the coast. So I hope everything goes well for for um, you and she. And or what's the proper way to say that? You and her. Her and you, you guys, you, you couple. <laughs> I don't know. Yes. I don't know. Stephanie, I guess we should just probably say Stephanie and, and you. There we go. Yeah. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Well, I hope you guys are safe and have a great trip. And uh, this has been fun. So we'll talk to you sometime soon. Sounds great. Thank you. Thanks, Justin.